Hi, I'm Matt. I'm one of our volunteer fundraisers here at Kennedy Street. Thanks for listening. Your support is greatly appreciated. Please do head over to our website, www.kennedystreetcio.org, for information on how you could be involved in future fundraising campaigns or how you can donate to this great cause. And we're going to check Kev's got his teeth in this week. Oh, we've gone live. <laughs> I knew we'd gone live and I said it on purpose. I want to drive him crazy. My name's Claire Kennedy. Hello, everyone. Nice to see you. It's Wednesday again and we are doing our um, Kennedy Street Live uh, recovery talks. And we've got the wonderful Lucy. Is it Rocca or Rocco? Rocca? Rocca. Rocca. Lovely Lucy Rocca from Soberista um, joining us today. And obviously, we've got my gorgeous husband, um, Mr. Kevin Kennedy, who I'll let introduce himself in a second. Um, so for those of you who don't know who we are, we're a little charity based in Brighton called Kennedy Street CIO. And we offer support and signposting and connection to anybody and everyone who's interested in recovery from addiction. Um, and what's happened because of COVID is we have got um, a national helpline has emerged, a national recovery helpline where people ring us up and um, ask for help, which we're more than happy to give. And we use this platform to um, to disseminate recovery information, really, um, because there's so many amazing projects out there. We don't believe, Kevin and I are both in recovery ourselves, but we don't personally believe in one route suits everybody. So what we try to do is we try to offer as many recovery solutions to as many people as possible and just get the message out there that there's hope because people can and do get better. And we've had some amazing results during this lockdown. Um, where people have had their lives turned around. I know it's been an awful time for everybody. And to, personally, I've, I've had enough now. So if Boris is watching, get cracking, Boris. Get it sorted. I'm ready for a, to have a cup of tea in a proper coffee shop. I don't know about you, Lucy, but I'm, I miss... And I, and I do miss hugging people. Oh. Anyway, I'll talk about my hugging um, thing later. I'll hand you over to the gorgeous Kev who will introduce you properly to Lucy. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, it's Kevin Kennedy here. I hope you're all well. I hope you're all staying safe during this lockdown. And, and myself, like Claire, I've had enough now. Uh, I think it's harder because of the we're in the winter time. In the summer, it was a bit of a laugh on it. We could get out. Uh, but and also, as Claire says, you know, we believe there's many routes uh, to sobriety. There's uh, many different ways. What matters most is that you get there. And today we're speaking to Lucy, uh, who's a life coach, and she's the editor and director of Soberistas. Uh, very sounding very... She's going to explain to us all about how this works, where it came from, and a little bit of her own story. So without further ado, over to you, Lucy. Thank you, and thanks for having me today. It's really nice to be here. Um, I'll just dive in and tell you where Soberistas started from, shall I? Get on with the, the kind of early, early sort of planning of it, which was back in 2011. So I, 2011 was, was, was when I stopped drinking after 22 years of, of sort of heavy binge drinking, which culminated 
in me having a disastrous night of drinking on my own, which landed me in hospital. Um, and upon waking, I decided pretty, pretty sort of quickly that I was never going to drink again because I was terrified, actually, of, of waking up in hospital and not knowing how I got there. Um, but had no idea how to be a non-drinker, how, you know, to go about getting help. I didn't really know the help that was out there. I felt very alone. I felt very ashamed. Um, I didn't leave my house for about a week after that. <laughs> after getting home from the hospital, I was pretty um, low point, pretty big low point in my life, actually. Um, but I did stop drinking, didn't drink for a, a long time, but it was very much kind of white knuckling it. I ran a lot. I started meditating. I started writing a blog. Um, and during that first 18 months, I started to sort of realise that an online resource for people like me, who were, at the time I was a single parent, um, couldn't really have got out very easily to go to physical meetings, um, that there seemed to be something missing of that, of that kind of type of resource. So I sort of gradually worked out this this plan to start a website which became Soberistas which launched in 2012 um, and and really the idea of it at the start was just to provide a, a an anonymous and confidential place for people to offload really a bit like I would say to people it's a bit like a confessional for you know your Catholic confessional it's just you know that idea of the burden of shame we all carry around with us when we're drinking or you know we've got any addiction to be able to offload that in a in a safe place was so cathartic and and I realized very quickly that that you know that was was needed for lots of people who felt like they couldn't go anywhere else for help um that was the original idea what it has become as is is a place that really does help people get sober um and I didn't really envisage it would become as big as it has or that it would be that you know as a resource I, I really did just think it would be a place where people could just talk to each other and be honest about their you know drinking or addiction issues but it has become a place that gets people sober thankfully and and nine years on we're still going strong and now got 70,000 members nearly Sorry, my batteries have gone in my mouth. I couldn't. I couldn't unmute myself. I'm so sorry, Lucy. Yeah, that's okay. That that's. I mean, I mean, it's it's. I'm always really interested in to find out how people started their journey, um, and you know, I really do identify a lot with what you said about you know, not not knowing where to start or who to turn to. You know, it's a, it's a pretty daunting prospect. Um, so, um, tell us a little bit, bit more about how, so, so you, you started a blog, is that where mm -hmm. Soberista started? Is that, was that the sort of insight? Yeah, I mean, I kind of had an idea, I did see probably the only time in my whole life where I've had a very clear vision <laughs> of what I, I wanted to do or needed to do. It felt like a very strong, you know, vision in my mind of of something that didn't exist that I needed to create, and I, and I did see it in my mind exactly how it became. You know, this sort of social network website where people could post blogs um, and chat to each other in a chat room and just sort of support each other online. So I, I saw the layout of it before it, we got anywhere near launching it. 
Um, but it was writing my blog that did sort of, I suppose, give me the idea or the realisation that writing for me was a massively cathartic way of processing my feelings about alcohol, sobriety, all the fears and the anxiety that go around stopping drinking when you've been a dependent drinker for a long time. You know, it was terrifying to me to imagine life without alcohol. I didn't even know. I mean, really, I thought it was kind of a life sentence when I decided I couldn't drink anymore. I thought, this is it. My life's over. <laughs> Nothing to look forward to anymore. Had no idea who I was without alcohol, didn't know how to socialise without alcohol, didn't know how to deal with emotions without alcohol. So all of that stuff I put into my blog and it was so, I think it sort of fast-tracked me through the process of recovery because I was able to explore all my feelings around around that. It's fabulous. It's a I mean, I became aware of you, um, I'd heard of you, because you have been doing this for um, a while, haven't you? And um, and then one of our volunteers came, um, who I've known for years. I've known her for years. Lovely, love, really lovely young lady. Um, and we occasionally meet up for coffee. And she got sober with you. So she um, she's a member of your um, Soberistas um, membership. And she, she, she's, it saved her life. It changed her life and it saved her life. And so that's why we were really keen to have you come on, um, you know, because she's she's a lovely young lady. I, th I think the world of her, um, and I know what it means to her, you know, to have had the support that you gave her. So, um, so if somebody's sort of watching this and they're interested and that they think, you know, what actually I don't want to go down, you know, there's so many different avenues to go down. How would they? Um, how would they start their journey with you? What would be their first step? Basically just logging on to the website, which is soberistas.com and creating a profile, which is free. There is a small subscription charge, but we've not, you know, we keep it low, very low actually, just to cover our costs to run the site. But um, uh, it's £14 for three months. £39 for a year so it is it is pretty affordable um but you get a free week anyway so you could sign up get total you know full access of the site for a week and just get a, a feel of what it's about I suppose and and see if it's a good fit for you but I think what jumps out for most people is the community on there and and how amazing people how amazingly supportive and non-judgmental people are on there which was always my you know one of my biggest wants for the site was that non-judgment you know just to sort of have no not for any for nobody to feel as if that uh, they couldn't be completely honest about how they were feeling and to not get judged for how they were feeling um, and that really is what Soberistas feels like it's so friendly and welcoming so I would say just Create a profile, totally free, no credit card needed. Spend a week on there and just read blogs, comment if you want, go in the chat room and see what it's about. And if it's if it's something that appeals or you think could help, then you can, you know, obviously welcome to stay. Amazing. Thank you. And we, we just, oh, excuse me, I don't know what I put. <laughs> I'm just scrolling across the bottom there, your, um, a link to your um, coaching. Um, oh. <laughs> 
for your life coaching there. So I will I will also put your details. I have also put your details in the um biog of the of this talk on faith on YouTube. Um Kev, have you got any questions that you want to ask? Um so do you feel as though this is an alternative for people who who, who don't really want to go to to the fellowship meetings uh, because they they don't can't handle the face to face stuff and uh, and do you do courses is the coaching to be had on on there so it is as we've got i mean we do have members who go to both so we've got lots of members who do aa meetings as well smart recovery and they use soberistas as a sort of because it's 24 7 obviously with it being online it's it's kind of always there um so we've got both there, there are a lot of people who do find soberistas appealing because they don't want to go to face-to-face meetings for whatever reason. A lot of our members are women, 90% of our members are women. And I think one of the unique issues around women and addiction is the fear of social services and, and having the children taken away from them if they are honest or, you know, open to the doctor or whatever about how much they're drinking. That is a very real fear for a lot of women. So I think we appeal to that for various reasons, but that's one of them. People who don't want to go to face-to-face meetings or the GP because they feel safer being anonymous online. Um, but also, you know, it is, like I say, there's lots of people on there who do both, and there's certainly no sort of prerequisite for one or the other. It's it's kind of just it's it's there for anybody who feels it can help them. Yeah, I, thought, I think that's uh, that's very important because a lot of people, you know, are very scared of of having their kids taken away from them. And I think it's a, it's a very good uh, facility to have. Um, and what about the the coaching that you offer? Uh, yes. I, know, I see that you've written a few books as well. Can you tell us some more about yeah. that? I did write an awful lot of books when I first stopped drinking. I had so much to say, but it has dried up my book writing. I wrote five books in about three years because I couldn't stop talking about it. It was this such a life-changing thing, as I'm sure you both, you know, went through yourself. It's just a massive light bulb thing, isn't it, when you stop drinking and realise what you've been missing, really. So I did write five books, um, and then... Two years ago, I started working as a sober coach slash life coach and do that now alongside running Soberistas. So the coaching is my sort of, it's me as an individual coach rather than being, you know, it's not Soberistas, it's not part of the Soberistas package, obviously, but people who find me and my coaching often come through the Soberistas route. And is it... Oops, sorry. Is it is it all online or do you ever get together uh, in the physical? Yeah, we did before COVID. We had some amazing meetings. We had we've had meetings all over all over the UK and Ireland. We had a, we had a meeting in New York booked for last September, which sadly got cancelled because we've got some mem- about twenty percent of our members are in America. That got cancelled, which was a real shame because we've got all uh, such an amazing day planned there. But yeah, once we pass the pandemic, we do meet up. Um, two or three times a year which and we've had some amazing meetups actually and it's it's a good I think there's a lovely bond that exists between our members because they've shared so much online and they've got to know each other online and then when they meet in real life it's they feel as if they're kind of meeting their oldest bestest friends 
which is lovely. So yeah, our, our real life meetings are great and I can't wait to get those back <laughs> once we get out of this situation. Amazing. Fancy a trip to New York myself. No, it was so disappointing. That was my biggest sadness about COVID, that the game is getting cancelled. Yeah, I think there's a great unity, isn't it? It's, it's almost like um, a tribe emerges. And I think, you know, for me personally, it's, I'm a great, but I've, I've met so, I've been blessed to meet so many people over the years who've all found different pathways. And to me, it doesn't matter what pathway you, you choose, as long as you find it, you know, yeah, exactly. you start exploring as well. So um, I, I, I'm curious to know about, is it is it for, is so for instance, um, Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 step programs are, it's um, about abstinence and it's about, um, you know, obviously don't have to be abstinent to go to these meetings, but, you know, a desire to live an alcohol-free life is um, what, what really is the focus. Is that your focus or are you more sober, curious type? Um, for, for those that are watching, I think, you know, actually, I don't fancy joining something that, where I've got a wane towards abstinence. Mm -hmm. What's requirements are um, suggested? Um it's a bit of a long-winded answer. <laughs> but my honest answer is, I believe if you've crossed that line into dependent drinking, which I did and all of our members have done, the only way to get past that is complete abstinence because you can't, if you've proved to yourself time and time again that you can't moderate, you're never going to learn to moderate. You know, 20, 30 years of failing to moderate, it ain't going to happen. But it's not a requirement to join Soberistas to become sober as soon as you join the site, because I do believe it's a journey. And I think getting people into Soberistas or any other recovery group is so important so that they can start to make progress on that path towards sobriety. But if, if we said, I feel as if we, if we said as an organisation, you come to Soberistas and you've got to be sober from day one, loads of people would just say, I can't do that. I'm not ready for that. And we would lose that chance to help people. So I think it's a decision people have to make in their own time and, and the non-judgment and the, the time and the freedom that we as an organisation afford people to do that, I think, is, is really important. I'm a big believer in having to get to that place yourself at the right time if it's going to stick. But... Yes, I completely agree with you. I think if you if you are, you know, in terms of sobriety, it's got to be an abstinence thing if you've reached that point where it's a problem. Yeah. I, I mean, me personally, I tried all that control drinking. It was a bit like control drowning. Didn't actually work. Exactly. I mean, I think it's every, especially for me as an al a recovering alcoholic, I think it's... Um, it's that mental obsession to want to maintain um, some sort of normality around it. The thought of um, losing the life boy, which which what addiction for me it was addiction because it was drink and drugs. And that was another question. You know, do you um, do you help people look at other behaviours as well um, when it comes to addictive behaviours? Because obviously, as you know, well, in my case, it wasn't just alcohol I was addicted to. Yeah. Many people. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's. As the the source of help on soberistas is the is the community so it's it's just talking writing chatting to people and the support that people get from peers you know going through the same thing so there's no prescriptive 
program or, or this is what we deal with or this is how we can help you. It's literally just that community, like AA in that respect, you know, it's people coming together who, who get it, who are going to support you and, and help you through that journey. Inevitably, other problems come into that because we drink for other reasons other than just drinking, don't we? And so issues that come up on soberistas include eating disorders, you know, that's a really big one. Drugs do also, you know, an issue for lots of people. Bereavement, relationship problems, you know, there's all sorts of kind of issues that are discussed and and people are helped through because they're part of the reason why they're drinking. I think one of the most common crossovers I see is the eating disorders, especially, you know, as we're a 90% female group. There are so many women on sobristas who who have those two issues that run alongside each other. Yeah. I mean, you know, you do find that in in all of the recovering communities, to be honest. And and do you, you know, obviously I know you're a life coach, but do you work, do you signpost to other organisations as well, like um, like FA, Food Addicts Anonymous or places yeah. like that? I mean, there's a useful resources page on Soberistas. So of anybody who was struggling with other issues, we would always, you know, point them in the direction of that page and, and, and encourage them to get specific help for various issues. But I think the, the nice thing about Soberistas is that you can use it alongside anything else. So it's kind of a, a little extra resource if you were needing some more in-depth help for, you know, any issues like an eating disorder or, or physical addiction for instance, to alcohol or drugs. So bristers can be used as a as a sort of an additional resource to that to give you that sort of 24-7 contact with other people who are going to be supportive and understand what you what you're going through. Yeah. It is it is it is a, a tool, isn't it? It's yeah. The way I look at it is my journey thus far and often people who I work with, their journey is about collecting tools along the way. Yeah. Yeah, and utilizing those tools as and when um, the need emerges yeah. and connecting is so important to connect. I'm really interested in your writing though as well. Um, as Kev touched, you know, on um, I think it was probably part of your therapeutic process was to, to, to <laughs> understand all of the, this amazing experience that you were going through. So, what what were your books? What what are they called? Is there a sequence, and where can people buy them? So they're all on Amazon, um, and the first one is called The Sober Revolution, um, Women Calling Time on Wine O'Clock, which is its full name, but basically about sort of like exposing that, that middle grey area drinking, as it's called, you know, sort of most of our members fall into that kind of style of drinking. It's one, two bottles of wine a night, trying to juggle family, work, um, but but unable to get out of that sort of nightly habit of, of drinking, and it's usually wine, so that's that, hence the, the title of the book. Uh, the second one is like a, um, a journal, I suppose, that goes with that one, so it's got space, it's a six, it's called the six-week plan, your six-week plan, and it's got space in it to, to write, document your own journey, but with prompts and guidance for getting through the first six weeks. The third one is my blogs so I wrote a blog for a few for about a year before I set Sobristers up so that one's glass half full and that's my journey my first year of, of not drinking um, and then the fourth one has the longest title ever <laughs> I think it's how to lead a happier 
healthier life without alcohol free how to lead a healthier and happier alcohol free life <laughs> and then the last one is the a to z of been in the booze which is as it says on in, in the title it's it's sort of all the tools that i used from a to z that got me through my first year or two of, of sobriety amazing amazing and what do you do retreats i mean we I know retreats at the no we don't but it's something that obviously post covid i would start to you know i have been thinking about doing it at some point in the future because i think as you, as you touched on before that connection with other people is one of the most powerful things and when we've done our day events you know people have got so much from those and gone home you know with feeling so buoyed up and motivated and it's lasted a year you know like it's really gotten through a long a long period uh, in terms of motivation so to be able to do that for a long weekend or a week would be amazing so definitely something for the future i think yeah that was going to ask actually uh what what's how does the future look like what does it look like for soberistas uh are you going to be doing more day day meetings and and uh going to new york i suppose yeah new york is definitely <laughs> gonna happen um but yeah it's i think a lot more of that um it is a great thing to have an online resource but but meeting in real life with people who you feel connected to is is even better so so definitely more of that um and trying to bring people together you know the community and the feeling of belonging that people have to say bristers is its is its core strength so sort of trying to develop that more is is where we're at you know in terms of meetups and my coaching you know that's very busy i've just just released my first online course which is sort of dissemination of what I do face-to-face -face in, a, in a written version um, so that I can start to kind of put that, offer that to more people because my time is obviously restricted <laughs> in terms of the one-to-ones. But, yeah, so that's where the coaching's going. So tell us a bit more about that then. I mean, that's really interesting. I mean, if it's one thing that's come out of COVID, um, it's this amazing online platform that i mean you've been doing it for years you were ahead of the time you were ahead of the curve lucy you've been doing this way before covid but for me um i mean it's just been phenomenal zoom who knew zoom existed before a stream yard if i'd only known i would have invested um, <laughs> but tell us a bit more about your online training and your online platform how does that work and how could people sort of join in with that what in terms of the coaching do you mean yeah, yeah. so it, well it's private one-to-one -one sessions basically so as you would have with a counselor um skype zoom the ubiquitous zoom or facetime um one-to-one -one sessions that people you know can book to talk through mainly is about drinking obviously people usually like i said find me through so baristas but i do do all areas of life coaching so it's it's um it's good it's been a really big sort of exciting change for me and i absolutely love it it's so rewarding talking to people face to face and having that contacts you know when you work online we've got like I say 70,000 members nearly on Sobristers they're all anonymous to me you know apart from the ones I've met at our meetups but you know most of them are completely anonymous so working with people 
face to face, even though it's online, is is a lovely, lovely thing to get to know people on a personal level. Um, and I explore people's drinking, you know, why they've been drinking, what their underlying reasons are for the drinking. A lot of it is around self-esteem, you know, trying to build people's confidence, trying to get people to overcome guilt and regret. You know, when we finish with our drinking careers, a lot, a lot of us are weighed down with huge regrets you know I was full of self-loathing and low self-esteem when I first stopped drinking so that was a massive job for me a big project for me to rebuild my self-esteem so that's a lot of the work I do with people is about that self-compassion and learning to like themselves and fill the life with nice things so they don't go back to drinking it's amazing and um and just for the i'm really passionate about family recovery um that's where i started my adventure to be honest i started off not thinking i had a problem in the world that claimed everything on poor kev um (laughs) till he stopped drinking and then i realized that actually my drinking wasn't normal um which was a bit of a revelation but if it wasn't for family recovery i don't know if i would have got the clarity that i got as as soon as I got it. So do you do any work with Cerberistas with family members? No, not sort of ostensibly, no, but but I mean I get a lot of emails from people. I get a, I get an awful lot of emails from worried family members, either partners or parents or or even, you know, young people worried about their parents. So it is something that, you know, we are aware of try and help with it's not it's not an official thing that we offer but as I'm sure you do you you know when you are in this area of practice you get contacted by lots and lots of people from you know with all sorts of worries in relation to addiction so it is something that I get emailed about a lot yeah I mean that's one of the main reasons why we do this talk to be honest because this there are so many amazing platforms out there particularly on the online at the moment, like Al-Anon um, mm. with family members um, who are affected by addiction and Famanon. I don't know if you've ever heard of Famanon. Famanon is like the sister fellowship for Narcotics Anonymous. And then you've got Co-Anon as well, which is the sister fellowship for um, Cocaine Anonymous. Yeah. Um, and obviously Al-Anon is the sister fellowship for um, AA. So there are amazing platforms out there. And obviously you've got other platforms like Coda. We, we have got, um, we, we, we do put all the links, all of the resource links on our um on our Facebook page. Um, so if anybody's watching and wondering where they can get that information from, at the pin to the top of our Facebook page is like a resource list of all the different support groups. Um, because families do need and Alateen. Alateen have done amazing work sitting in lockdown. I don't know if you heard of Alateen, but they work with teenagers mm-hmm. of families that are affected by addiction. Um, and they work sort of alongside Alanon amazing fellowship absolutely from from 12 up to 17 so it's an amazing fellowship and because obviously the pandemic everything's gone online mm-hmm. so there's global meetings of Alateen all around the world you can go to America you can go to New York Boston you can go all over the world and go to her which is great for young young people because so, obviously- yeah so needed there's so much mental health problems at the moment in that age group isn't there with this you know with lockdown it's just been horrendous for that age group well for everybody but I think you know for teenagers particularly it's been really hard so I was about to say is your numbers gone up now uh, over the last year I think 
we've, I mean, it's probably stayed the same, but I, I kind of think we've lost, you know, we will have lost some members because of economic, even though we are, you know, we always keep our prices, as I say, we keep it as low as we possibly can to just cover our, you know, outgoings. But I think some people have cut things, haven't they, you know, because they've been in dire straits economically. So I think we've probably lost some, but gained a lot more because of, um, increased drinking at home and, and like you say that that massive increase in the reliance on online help it's just been um, you know when you read the reports of how many of how much people have been drinking and how that's increased as a coping strategy in inverted commas <laughs> over the last year I mean it's it's horrendous to imagine the, the sort of long-term implications of this last 12 months on people's mental health and addiction issues I think, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to be the bearer of any more bad news. I want everything to be wonderful after this is all over. But my experience of the pandemic thus far has been um, really quite shocking because um, I think there's always been um, a pandemic of addiction issues, um, be that prescribed medication is a huge one. Um, and obviously other addictive behaviours like gambling, sex addiction, um, workaholism, some people just can't stop, codependency. I mean, addiction manifests in so many different ways and we're getting so many different calls from all over the country of people who are struggling with all sorts of behaviours. Um, and I think after the pandemic, I think um, that's when the real evidence is going to emerge, that, yeah. you know, people's real struggle um, and this pandemic may may have brought it to a head. I mean, we've had, like I said earlier, we've had so many amazing results integrating people into recovery virtually, um, which is staggering. That was a big surprise to us because we wasn't expecting to be able to do that. Um, but because all of the fellowships went online, um, we were able to integrate them and introduce them to different online platforms really swiftly. Yeah. So. You ring up. Yeah, I mean, it has been a, my experience from Soberistas has been either people quickly realised that drinking the way through it was a really bad idea, so it was the perfect opportunity to stop, and they've actually used it as an opportunity to get on top of a drinking issue, or they've gone completely the other way and just lost all restrictions, all reasons to not drink, and they've you know they've they've found that they've really really struggled. It's it does seem definitely to be sort of split into two. But the community aspect, again, you know, with lockdown, a massive part of people's addictive behaviours, self-destructive behaviours is loneliness, isn't it? And just thinking you're on your own and nobody else is going through this. Access online communities I would, is my absolute number one advice, whatever that, that community is that appeals to you to get that sense of community and connection because, you know, it's, it's one of the worst things to be stuck in the house on your own when you're dealing with mental health issues and not to be able to connect well it tells you that anyway doesn't it that gremlin that lives in there it, it wants to keep you isolated it wants yeah. to keep you away from it, your family members never mind society you know yeah. it wants to keep you alone it wants to keep you isolated and it wants to keep you um in a dark place because that that way it has control over you then you're playing to its tune whereas yeah. really the beginning is just going out of your comfort zone, doing the things that you don't necessarily want to do, reaching out, 
And I love the fact that people can, you know, like I say, you're ahead of the game, really, where people can reach out to you anonymously, because especially mums, especially mums, we get a lot of calls from mums who are struggling. And um, as a mum myself, and, and I know how hard it must be, you know, to be able to, the shame and the guilt you feel anyway without kids. I know, I was going to say, it's the shame, isn't it? The, the shame is horrendous. And that's that was the probably the biggest um instigator i think in my experience for setting up saberistas was the shame i felt was so cripplingly awful i couldn't even leave the house for you know days at the thought of going into a room full of strangers and and then and i'm full of admiration for people who do that you know genuinely i couldn't have done it i don't think i, I was brave enough it terrified me and i and i think the people who i speak to as well when you throw into that the, the worries they've got about bumping into somebody they know or the children being taken off them or you know you can see why it acts as a barrier to some people it's it's a very private and shameful experience to go through isn't it so getting people that help online when they can be completely anonymous is is a, a, a real lifesaver I think at that point in your life it really is a lifesaver and not forgetting babysitting I mean, exactly. I mean, I had support when I had kids. I was sober. So for me to get out to meetings was nigh on impossible because I had these two babies. Kev was working away and it's like by the time I put them to bed at past seven, I was exhausted. Oh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people, uh, you know, I mean, it must be cripplingly exhausting if you're drinking or drug taking on top of that. Yeah. You know? then trying to get out or get somebody to come and babysit while she get out. So I think it's a great platform for mums that are at home that want yeah. that, yeah. that do want that support from other mums as well. And I think, like you say, you know, the, the shame and the guilt, once you start sharing that with other people, the power goes from it. And I think yeah. you draw hope from one another, don't you? And it diminishes. It's massive, isn't it? When you think you're the only person in the world who's got that problem which I did when I first stopped drinking I thought there were you know you sort of park bench alcoholics here normal drinkers here and I was the only person in the middle who fell into this you know in between category that that I sort of got myself into it's yeah. so not the case it's like we're all on this spectrum aren't we of everybody who who drinks regularly is on this is somewhere along that spectrum yeah absolutely Absolutely. We've got some lovely comments here. There we go. We've got one off Ellie um, saying Lucy's books help oh, me so much. <laughs> and then we've got another one from Ryan saying follow Lucy's blog since day one of sobriety. It's a really good support network. Oh, Ryan's great. He, he's a great, um, he's, I see he's got Coronation Street there in the background as well. Look, he's got the Rover's Return. <laughs> <laughs> a fan as well of, of Corey. Um, and what's this one? Um, we've got so grateful for another member who stayed up chatting with me when I stopped drinking. I was so anxious and had panic attacks. I was so alone. I couldn't have stopped without that support. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? It's so important. That it is, and it's lovely hearing comments like that. Like I say, it's you know when you've got people who are on the other side of your computer and they're all kind of anonymous. When you when you people do sort of send emails and you get that kind of feedback or on social media, it's so heartwarming and lovely to know that that you know that that support is is what they're getting from Soberistas because it's you know it's my day job, <laughs> but it's 
for the people who use it, it's a lifeline. Absolutely. And a lifesaver, like I said right at the beginning, you know, this, like that lady's just said, um, you know, getting through a panic attack. I've never had a panic attack, but I've been I've witnessed panic attacks and they look terrifying, you know, so to to, to be supported through that. Um, and to have access to other people who who know what you feel like as well, you know, who've been through it is so important, isn't it? Which you get obviously from AA and other other community, you know, support groups, but it is just that sense of somebody knows how you feel and you don't have to think it's just you and it's not something you're going through on your own, which is a horrible, horrible feeling. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, well, it's absolutely delightful speaking to you, Lucy. I, I really do thank you for coming on. I think, you know, it's a really great platform that you've got. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna find the links for your books and I'm going to put them on the thread as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because often it's, you know, what whatever works, if it's reading a book, I always recommend books to people. We've had other guest speakers come on um, who've written some amazing books. Um, and, you know, I'm a prolific reader. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how the message gets no, in there. No. As long as the message gets yeah, in The book that changed me massively was, I don't, I don't know if you've read the Jason Vale book, How to Kick the Drink Easily. That was That was the one that completely changed my thinking it was like this light bulb moment I thought it was the worst thing in the world to stop drinking and I read that book and I was just like why on earth have I been sad about not drinking <laughs> it's like the best decision I ever made it completely changed my so I would I always recommend that one to people but yeah we've got a book section on Soberistas as well I should add with lots of reviews from our members of quit lit books so yeah I'm a big believer in the book Absolutely. I've not read Jason Vale's book. I would like to read that. What did you say it was called? It's called Kick the Drink Easily. But it was written about, I think it was about 12 years ago, but it's um, it's got loads, hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews on Amazon. It's a really popular one, but an old one. But it was just so, he worked with Alan Carr, you know, who did the easy way to quit. It was he did the easy way to stop smoking, I think, Alan Carr did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think he's on a book for everything now, Alan. Yeah, yeah. So he, he worked with him, Jason Vale. So it's a similar kind of idea, but it's about it totally takes the power away from alcohol and stops you thinking that it's in any way good. So you start to realise that you just, you know, you're not missing anything, basically. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Oh, well, thank you. Keep us up to speed, won't you? You will keep us informed. I will. And thank you so much for having me on. It was really lovely to talk to you both. Really lovely. Do you, have, you, have you got anything else, Kat, that you'd like to say before we... I just want to say thank you very much for coming on. Uh, it's always a pleasure and a privilege to hear someone's uh, journey and how it's affected them and how they're helping other people. So fair play to you. Thank you. It's been really nice talking to you both. I was just... I was if, if I know you you putting links on, but if anybody did want to ask me anything about Soberistas or or the coaching that I've not covered, you can contact me on Lucy at Soberistas dot com. Brilliant! I'll put that on. I'll put that on the thread as well. Yes. So thank you so much, Lucy. We'd love you to come back and tell us when, when we go when we get back into the community. Yeah, and we'll get some meetings organised again in real life, and and then we can let people know about those because they are. Good days out for people. Very yeah, awesome. and I'm really keen on these retreat ideas. I, yeah. I, 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 I'll be there. Um, I personally love 
um, female unity. I'm not, no disrespect to you, Kev, love men too, but they just generally talk about football. Um, <laughs> whereas women, they sort of, I'm sure there are loads of men out there that are watching that go, actually, I'd quite like to go, um, which is absolutely come along too. But I think some retreats where we could actually, you know, spend the weekend or like you say, a week. I've got a friend actually who's got a place in South Africa. Um, maybe, maybe we should look into um, <laughs> it's a massive big hotel um, villa type thing and I've got a friend in Spain actually it's all my, my ideas are coming into my head now I've got this yeah, I think we all deserve it after this uh, holiday ban don't we for so long oh, a, nice, a nice retreat abroad is definitely <laughs> on the cards I think with lovely food lovely company lots of pampering, lots of feeding of the soul yeah. Oh, I'm in. Sold. <laughs> in. Oh, but thank you, Lucy, so much for coming. It's been really lovely to see you. And thank you. It's great to see you both. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Lovely to see you. And see you again soon. Anybody, anybody's got any questions, please don't hesitate. Pop them in the um, comments um, and we'll always get them to over to Lucy. I'm yeah. sure will have a little look and maybe Absolutely, put yeah. on there so she can connect with you directly. Well, thanks again, Lucy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, lots of love. Bye. 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 B